Did you forget anybody this Christmas? Or did you forget to do something that you would normally do or maybe were expected to do? It can happen so easily. Our attention gets divided up between so many things and so many people, it's easy to forget someone or something. And I think that maybe happens to us even as Christians as we recall the wonderful birth of Jesus. Now you might be thinking, well, who would I have forgotten at Christmas? Uh, This picture reminds us, uh, Jesus, of course, and that's obvious. Our attention is focused on him. It was his birth, his coming into this world. And we also focus on the Father, how it was the, the Father's plan and the Father's will to send his Son here for us. But what about the Holy Spirit? Did you forget about him? Pictured here in this picture as a dove. Well, you might say, oh, we remembered the Holy Spirit. I mean, Jesus was conceived in the Virgin Mary, it says, by the Holy Spirit. But maybe that's all we think about with the role of the Holy Spirit at Christmas time. Oh, there's so much more. The Spirit of God was working even after Christmas to bring us Christmas. So today, let's not forget about the Holy Spirit, and let's focus on what he is doing at Christmas. Now, there's a story that's pretty popular at Christmas time, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. You know the story about Scrooge. And you recall how there were the three spirits of Christmas that came and visited him, the, the spirit of Christmas past and Christmas present and Christmas future. Each of those visits had an effect on him and changed him, made him a a new person. Now, you and I might not think of ourselves so much as Scrooge because, you know, he was pictured as a kind of a mean, stingy, uncaring man. Some might even say very selfish, self-centered, unloving Sometimes those qualities can be in us too. Well, just as those spirits changed Scrooge, so the Spirit of God changes us to be new people. Let's see how he did it. But we're not going to use Dickens' story as the basis for that. We're going to use the account that we just heard a few minutes ago from Scripture. The account of Simeon and Anna seeing the Christ child, and hearing how the Holy Spirit worked Christmas in them. So we'll entitle this message, A Christian Christmas Carol, and see how the Spirit of Christmas, the Spirit of God, works Christmas in us. So let's first see how the Spirit of God visited and worked in Christmas past. That was really evident at the start of this account. Listen again as it tells us about the Holy Spirit and Simeon. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. That's because the Spirit was working in him. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. 
moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. So here's how I see the Spirit of God working in Christmas past. He was working by giving us those promises of a Savior. Simeon no doubt knew them, just as you and I are familiar with them. And maybe the one that was standing out most to Simeon was this one from the prophet Isaiah, where he said, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And then Isaiah would go on to say, For unto us a child is given, unto us a son is born. He's talking about the Savior. That was the light he was referring to. Now Simeon probably had seen the darkness in the people around him. And no doubt he felt the darkness of sin in his own life. But now, seeing the Christ child, here's what he said in his words of praise. You are a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon knew the promises of God regarding the Savior. And he saw that in this child because the Spirit led him to see and believe that. Well, this is the whole purpose of those prophecies, those promises given in the Old Testament. The Apostle Peter tells us that. He said, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. In other words, the Spirit of God is active in Christmas past to point us to the birth of Christ. And not only the birth, but also the life and ministry of Jesus, his message of salvation, his suffering and death that brings us salvation, his resurrection and his return to glory. All of those beautiful promises are the way that the Spirit was working in the past to bring us Christmas. But there's another way that I see the Spirit working in Christmas past, and that was working in the life of people, guiding them with his presence. Luke made it pretty obvious when he said, the Holy Spirit was on Simeon. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Obviously, the Spirit was working in a special way in Simeon's life, guiding him so that he would come to see Christ. Now, I don't know that the Spirit always works in such a, let's say, mystical way as he did with Simeon. I think he works in a, a rather particular, usual way with all of us, and that is simply through the message, through the word. And that was evident in the life of the other person in this Christian Christmas carol, Anna. We're told that she was a prophet, someone who had the message of God and shared it. She never left the temple, 
but worshiped day and night, fasting and praying. So the Spirit was working in her this message of Christmas. In fact, that's how the Apostle Paul tells us God works in our life too. The Spirit simply works through the message. Paul said, What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The Spirit of God, working in Christmas past through His Word to bring us those promises and to guide us to the Savior. That's how the Spirit still works today. His work in the past is not done. Its effect and power is still felt by us today, as illustrated by Simeon and Anna, what he was doing in their life. And that's exactly what Peter says God will do for us too. Peter continued, he said, It was revealed to them, that is, these prophets of old, that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. So Peter is telling us, God still wants to work in you to bring you to Christ. And he'll do that through the word. Did you, did you catch the last phrase in that passage there? Even angels long to look into these things. The angels who don't need salvation are excited by the working and the will of God and they want to see what it is. Well, if the angels who don't need salvation are excited about it, shouldn't we too? We're the ones who need salvation. We should be excited and want to be eager to get in to see the will and the working of God through his spirit in our life. Well, let me give you a little personal encouragement here, and that is, uh, uh, one more thing. Peter gives us this encouragement here when he reminds us, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts you will do well to pay attention to it. So let me give you a little personal encouragement here. Next week we're going to be starting a new Bible study series called The Story. It's based on the book that you see pictured there, and we have it for sale in our bookstore in the back, where it simply has taken important or highlighted portions of the Scripture and presents them in this book. It presents to us the story of God's will and working for our salvation. It becomes our story. I invite you to, to come to the class, to buy the book, and if you can't come to the class, just read the book along with us throughout the year and see how God is working his will in your life. Pay attention to that light of Christmas that the Spirit wants to shine in you. That's how the Spirit will lead you. So just like with Simeon and Anna, 
follow the Spirit's leading you. He'll bring you to Christ. We see how he does that as we look at the working of the Spirit in what we can call Christmas present. Now we're told that Simeon was led by the Spirit because he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That word consolation simply means the comfort, the relief that would come. You see, Simeon felt the burden of sin, his own sin, and he saw it in sin all around him. And he was waiting for that relief that God had promised. What this was pointing out to us is that the Spirit of God also works to convict us of our sin. Jesus said that's what the Spirit would do. In John 16, Jesus said, I will send him, referring to the Holy Spirit, to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin because they do not believe in me. The scriptures call this the foreign work of God or, or the strange work of God. Because God is presented as a, as a faithful God of grace and love and forgiveness. But here we're reminded that the working of the Spirit is also to convict us of our sin. Because we need to know what the truth is. That because of our sin, we have separated ourselves from God and His blessings. Without knowing that, we stand in danger of losing eternal life. And so it's necessary for the Spirit then to convict us of our sin. So then He can do what we refer to as his proper work. That is, that he can comfort us with our salvation. That's what Simeon was waiting for. The consolation, the comfort, the relief of forgiveness that God would bring. This is what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do too. That he would come and convict us of righteousness. Because Jesus said, I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer. Jesus had completed his life on earth. He had lived obediently to all of the laws of God for us. So our record of disobedience has been replaced with his record of obedience. And so he returned to heaven. He also said the Spirit would convict us about judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. The devil has been judged. That through Jesus' death on the cross. He experienced the punishment, the judgment that you and I deserve because of our sins. And so that judgment and punishment is taken away. The devil has now been defeated. And Christ's resurrection is the proof of that. He was raised from the dead to tell us righteousness and forgiveness are ours. That's the comfort that the Holy Spirit works in us in Christmas present. Simeon was referring to that when he said to Mary, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. That is, people would not accept him as being the Messiah, and they would, some would be offended by his teachings and his living. This will also be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too, referring to Jesus' death 
bringing sorrow to Mary. But yet through his death, we have life. That's how the Spirit works today, to bring us that comfort of our salvation. It's still the same blessing that he was working in Simeon and Anna that he works in our hearts today also. Our Christmas celebration is, is winding down now. But the work of the Spirit of God for Christmas will never stop. He will keep convicting us of our sin and comforting us with our salvation. As Christmas winds down, of course, we start to take our decorations down, put them away, and then all the stuff about Christmas kind of fades, and we move on back to our usual activities. So as we're putting these things away, however, let us not put away the Spirit and His message. Let's not downplay or ignore the message of our sin and our salvation provided in Jesus. Keep that spirit of Christmas alive in your life, throughout your life. As you are following, then, the Spirit's leading, you will see how the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of God, is working for Christmas future. Simeon was led to see Christ, to proclaim and praise him. Anna was led to praise God, to thank God for this Savior, and to tell others all about him. So you and I, too, are moved to Christmas future. As we see that Christ has come for us, we continue to praise him. The beautiful Christmas messages and music that we have heard, maybe we'll stop now as we change focus, but we don't have to let that praise in our hearts stop. Keep it going all the time. As we do that, also be reminded that this is our opportunity to proclaim God's salvation. Anna, this 84-year-old woman, was so excited to see the Christ child, she couldn't hold it in. She had to go and tell everybody else she saw the Savior had come. You and I can have that same excitement in telling others the Savior has come. That message is not just for us. And it's too good to be held inside. Let's proclaim it to others around us, to those who sit in these pews with you, to those who live in this community with you. You know, one thing that people do this time of the year, since we're changing calendar years, is to reflect back on how things were this year and, and what was done. As I was doing that and in, in preparing this message, I reflected back on what we did as a congregation to proclaim salvation to the world. Yes, to the world. With our regular offerings, a portion of them is taken and sent off to our national church body which supports missionaries throughout the world. In addition to those regular Sunday offerings, we took 10% of an estate that was given to us and immediately sent it off to five world missions. And you recall this past year how we also were gathering funds to provide fresh water for the orphans in Haiti that our missionaries work with? And we sent them some special gifts at Christmas to remind them of the Savior's love and our love for them. We were also active in proclaiming the message to our community. 
through our children's ministry programs, we've expanded things and have reached more children with the gospel. Through our elementary school and our high school, we are bringing the word of God to people who have not heard it. Through our activities as a congregation, like our live nativity a couple of weeks ago, and through our special services, we have literally reached hundreds of people in this community with the gospel. Now we can look at that and say, wow, look what we've done. But let's be reminded that the work is not done. There's still more to do. Let's proclaim Christ for the future. You know, they, they say that it just takes one generation and the gospel could be lost. Thank God that for the last 20 centuries, generations have preserved that gospel message and passed it down to us. Let's keep proclaiming him for future generations so that he will be praised forever. So, now we haven't forgotten anybody special at Christmas. We've remembered the spirit of Christmas, God's Holy Spirit and what he does for us. And thankfully, he never forgets us. Amen.